If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalms chapter 1, book of Psalms chapter 1. A few weeks ago, y'all heard me say that it doesn't matter where the Lord directs me in the Scripture, uh, but we have to preach the gospel no matter where uh, the Lord takes us. And this week, he brought me to the book of Psalms. And one theologian, one writer said that the book of Psalms kind of is a synopsis of the entire 66 books of the Bible because Psalms chapter 1 is the most wise psalm in the books of... It's a preface to the entire book of the book of Psalms. Now, it kind of covers everything from Genesis to Revelation if you look deeper into it. Um, And actually, we're going to be bringing some stuff out from the book of Matthew uh, that kind of ties along right into this uh, psalm. But in the book of Psalms chapter 1... We're going to see that the writer specifically specifies two ways of living. Two ways of living. And those same two ways of living is the same two ways of living that we have today. You have the blessed way and you have the way of sinners. The ungodly. Those who know not God. Those who uh, rebel against the word of God. And in the book of Psalms, we find the ungodly and we find the righteous. So this morning, what I want to ask you is where are you going to fall? What side are you going to fall on? Are you going to fall on the ungodly side or are you going to fall on the righteous side? So this morning, the title of my sermon this morning is Counterfeit Christianity. Now, I like the the background that Brother Joel has created because you'll see very clearly that word fake. And let me say this this morning, that if you are fake and you are pretending to be a child of God, but you know not Christ, then friend, hell will be your home. I'm sorry that it is that hard, but God, I've, listen, I've wrestled with God all week. Why I must preach this sermon. Miss Kim, is it okay if I use you in some of my sermon this morning? I don't want to embarrass her this morning. I'm not trying to embarrass her and I'm not trying to lift her up. What I am trying to do is lift up the Lord Jesus Christ because he said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now this morning, uh, you may say, Well, preacher, that's an odd title that you have there. Well, when I get into the message, you'll understand why the Lord gave me this. uh, and, And I pray that it will touch your heart in some way. If you will, stand with us for the reading of God's word. We'll begin reading in verse number 1 of Psalms chapter 1. I'm on now, brother. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Heavenly Father, I bow
I got a quote real quick before I... Not sure what's going on with the sound system. Y'all just bear with me. Maybe I might have to turn it off. I don't know. I want to open this morning with a quote uh, by way of introduction. Um, it says, Sin reigns so completely, it causes total self-delusion. It causes victims to become unacquainted with themselves so they don't know what they really, uh, what they really are or what they love or hate or that they are habituated and hooked. Sinners eventually become sliders of Christ who hardly ever again think of salvation or righteousness. They hear so much about Christ and know so little about Him because sin destroys the understanding of spiritual things. That was by the author, David Wilkerson. Now, David Wilkerson, some of you might know. He is the founder of Teen Challenge. He is the author of several books, but his most popular book is The Cross and the Switchblade. Now, uh, I have some more quotes from him, but I'm reading a book right now by him uh, called Victory Over Sin and Self. And boy, that is some of the hardest things that a person will ever find victory over. And, and if you are a child of God, blessed be the name of God, because He brings you the victory to overcome sin and self. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, the very last uh, 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 verse in that chapter. He said, But thanks be unto God, which bring the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, friend, you cannot abide in sin and remain in Christ. It don't work that way. Because when you get born again, friend, Christ saves you from your sin and not in your sin. He doesn't call you to stay in your sin. He calls you to be a new creature. Amen. That new creature is found in the very first uh, couple of verses in Psalms chapter 1. He said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the child of God who remains not in sin, who walks not in the ways of the ungodly, who does not pertain and, and, and stick with uh, the ungodly friends, listen, when Christ saved me from my sins, you know what he changed? Not only did he change the way that I fought and the way that I talked and the way that I acted, but he changed my friends. I didn't want to hang out with the same people I used to. I didn't want to hang around people that were drinking beer and, and having sex before marriage and, and doing ungodly things. I didn't want to partake in that. But so many people come to church on Sunday morning and on Monday through Saturday, they're still hanging around the bars. They're still talking the filthy talk. They're still telling the dirty jokes. God did not save us in our sin. He saved us from our sin. And you will not have the joy of the Lord if you are still in your sin. Amen. Warren Weir said the psalm presents two ways. The way of blessing... And the way of judgment, which was the choice Israel had to make. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15, 19, and 20, he said, See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil. Verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, 
and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware to thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Before I give you the good part, I've, I've got to give you the bad stuff. See, the gospel presents two ways. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For broad is the way and wide is the gate that leadeth unto destruction, and many be there that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. Now that word straight is not S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T. It is S-T-R-A-I-T, meaning it's difficult, meaning it is a hard way. Now the Word of God says that the way of a transgressor is hard. But bless God, you can walk the straight way, you can walk the narrow way when the Lord Jesus Christ becomes your everything, when He becomes your Lord in your life, you can walk the straight way because the Holy Spirit of God will equip you with the fruits of the Spirit in order to walk in the Spirit. We are not ourselves. We are bought with a price. We are bought with a price. So we are not ourselves. So we must not conduct ourselves as we are. We must allow the Holy Spirit of God to conduct our lives. He must become the Lord in your life. It is not enough to just have Him be your Savior. He must also be your Lord. First way that I find... Uh, is the blessed way, but for the sake of this sermon, the Lord has directed me to verses 4 and 5. Let's look at Psalms chapter 1, verse 4. And it says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Anybody understand what chaff is? Maybe some of you have, have, hay, uh, have baled hay or, or worked with hay or worked with a different type of grain, uh, such as straw or, or uh, barley or whatever it might be. But, but chaff is the byproduct of that grain. The chaff has no sustenance in it. It has nothing, no weighty uh, uh, minerals in it for it to last. So therefore, as the person who was uh, gathering the grain or the barley, uh, they would winnow. Uh, uh, it's a process of, of getting the chaff out of the grain, uh, basically separating the bad from the good. Now we find a story that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 13 where there is a parable of the wheat and the tares. Jesus told his disciples, he said, just leave the tares alone. He said, for when harvest day comes, I will separate the tares from the wheat. He said, bind up every tare. He said, bind them up and cast them into the furnace of fire that they will be quenched. And he is representing the sinners, the ungodly, those who think they're saved, those who think they're right with God, those who think when they die they'll go to heaven because of their good works. Friend, your good works will not get you there. Singing in the choir will not get you there. Friend, going to church every Sunday morning will not get you there. You must be born again. You must be born again. Listen, I know it's a hard message. I'd feel the same way if I was sitting in the pew. But as God has spoken to my heart, I must. Please hear me. If you have an issue with me, let's talk. But I promise you, it ain't me that you have an issue with. It's God. And friend, there's no sense in you getting mad at me this morning. You might as well get mad at Him, and you might as well just take it up with Him because I can't help you. I'm just preaching the Word of God to you. The chaff is the byproduct, and as they winnowed barley, the chaff would be blown in the wind. And basically what it is, is it was a, like a big sifter. Any of you have sifters for flour? My wife uses them all the time now that she's baking. It's so interesting to see a sifter. 
Because you can put a, a, a lot of th- stuff in it, but only the good stuff is going to come out. And that's how they winnowed this barley or the grain. They would put it in a sifter and then they would toss it up like this. And they would winnow that grain. And as a strong gust of wind came through, all that chaff would be blown away. And listen, there's coming a day that God, He is going to take a sifter and He is going to start sifting the houses of God. I'm not talking just the free will Baptist. I'm talking about the non-denominational. I'm talking about the Church of Christ. I'm talking about the Catholic Church. I'm talking about every denomination around the world. God is going to purge. God is going to reap the harvest. And He is going to sift uh, the chaff from the wheat. Because in that same chapter, in Matthew chapter 13, he said, as you burn the chaff or the tares, he said, but gather the wheat into my barn. Why did he say that? Because the wheat had substance. The wheat was the good part. The wheat was those children of God who had been bought by the blood of Christ, who had been born again, whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Amen. Blessed is the man. Nominal Christians. Anybody understand? I asked my wife, and honestly, I didn't understand what the word nominal meant. But I had to look it up. Nominal means by name or association only. Nominal Christians are the chaff, the ungodly, and sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Charles Ryrie said, uh, In contrast, the wicked are spiritually dead and guilty before God. As the wind blows away the fragments of straw when the grain is winnowed, so the wicked will not stand acquitted, either in this world or in the world to come. Friend, you are, if you are still living an ungodly life, then you are still not acquitted by the righteous holy God. He is still looking upon your sin. He still hates sin. And sin will still burn in hell for eternity. And all those who forsake the way of righteousness... Jesus said, not everyone in Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 says this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Men, have we not spoken in your name? Have we not done, uh, have we not told people about about the way of God? Have we not told people uh, about you and about your truth? Have we not told people and prophesied? It's not enough to just tell people about Jesus. And honestly... If you ain't right with God and you're telling others about Jesus Christ, you know the right way, but you are still blinded in your sin. And the Bible says, Jesus said, if the blind leads the blind, they will both fall into the ditch. Friend, if you don't know Christ, you can't tell nobody the way to heaven because you ain't on it yourself. You'll both fall into a ditch. Verse 23 says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the ungodly. He's talking about those that the wind has drove away. Verse 5 of Psalms chapter 1 says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Listen, judgment day is coming. You might not understand that. You might not believe that, and that's okay. But it's the word of God, and judgment day is coming. For every one of us, for the saved and the unsaved, judgment day is coming. But we, as children of God, we will not be judged uh, according to our sins. We will be judged according to our works. But thanks be unto God, if he sees the blood applied, then he will say, Welcome home, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, but I will make you rulers over many. 
Amen? Listen, that ain't why He saved us. He saved us because He loved us. He saved us so that we didn't have to face the wrath of God. Read Romans chapter 5. Because all the ungodly, all those who are fake, all the counterfeit Christians, they will face a holy God, a real God, a real judge, and they will ju- He will judge them according to their works. He will judge them according to their own righteousness because they will not have a defense attorney to stand in their place. I'm glad that I have an advocate, amen? I'm glad that though I may uh, fall and stumble and still sin, I have an advocate under the Father that 1 John chapter 2 says that when I sin, I can go and confess my sin. And 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, And He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when I stand before a holy God, I am thankful that my unrighteousness and my ungodliness, it'll be cleansed. It'll be washed away by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. This morning that must be on your life as well. The Lord uh, spoke this to my heart, and I'm I'm getting in the habit, instead of writing down quotes, when the Lord speaks to me, I just write it down so I can quote myself, because listen, for a 24-year-old, my mind is terrible. Uh, And and ask my wife that. I forget a lot of things, uh, and I feel sorry for her when I reach uh, 40 or 50 or 60-year-old, when uh, if the Lord tarries, uh, I will be a terrible thinker uh, by the time I'm that old. But uh, that... Please don't misunderstand me. That is not old. I did not call anybody here old. But when I get older, when I reach that age, uh, I will uh, have a terrible mind because my mind is forgetful now. But uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, There's a stigma today that everyone will die and go to heaven, even in churches, even in independent Baptists, even in Southern Baptists. Even in the Church of God, even in the Pentecostals, even in the Nazarene Church, even in the United Methodist Church, everybody you meet, and listen, I told Brother Mel, I said, the Lord convicted me Thursday night because as we were going and visiting, I asked them, I said, are you a Christian? And their response was, oh yeah, I was raised in such and such church, but they ain't going today. A true child of God will be faithful to the house of God. Well, I knew that wouldn't go I knew that'd go over like a bundle of sticks. But it's the truth. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, uh, as the manner of some is, as you see the day approaching. A true child of God will want to be with other children of God. Sunday morning, Sunday night. Wednesday night, they'll want to be in the house of God. They'll want to learn about the Lord. They'll want to learn about the Word of God. And they'll want to fellowship with other believers. The stigma today is a lie from the pit of hell. Because the devil has got behind many of the pulpits in America and told preachers to to preach that, oh, it's okay as long as you come to church, as long as you pay your tithes, as long as you give me all the money that you can afford, then you'll be all right. Your your name will be in heaven and you can die and you can have uh, uh, comfort in knowing that you're going to heaven. But listen, the preacher ain't what saves you and it ain't your tithes that can uh, pay your price for your sin. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin over 2,000 years ago when He hung on a cross for your sins and every drop of His blood was shed and ran down the hill of Golgotha. It was paid. It was paid. The preachers today at most funerals, now listen, listen to me, not everybody that dies and is laying in front of the pulpit 
was a born-again child of God and entered heaven. But preachers today will stand behind a pulpit and they will preach as if that person went to heaven without knowing Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter today. That's the, that, that's the stigma there is. They will preach as though that person in the casket went there with or without being born again. But Jesus said in John chapter 3, You must be born again. You must be born again. That is the American gospel that will lead thousands of people into a place of hell. Psalms chapter 10 verse 4. I'm trying to hurry this morning. Psalms chapter 10 verse 4 says, The wicked throw the pride of his countenance. That is the root of all sin. The root of all sin is disobedience unto God. And pride is what springs up after that. The pride of his countenance. The wicked, the ungodly, the unrighteous, the sinner. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. There's two ways. The wicked has not God in all of his thoughts. But Psalms chapter 1 verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That means that the Holy Ghost of God should have a thought of the Lord on your heart continually every day that you live. Now listen, don't, don't, uh, don't tell me, well, preacher, it's hard for me to have, uh, it's hard for me to think about the Lord all the time. Listen, I know. Why do I know? Because I'm flesh. I'm not holier than you. I'm not up here trying to say that I am. The devil puts thoughts in my mind every day just like he does yours. But you know what we have to do? The Bible says in James, I'm getting ahead of myself, but in James chapter 4 he said, uh, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So what's he say? He says when the wicked, when, when the wicked one puts wicked thoughts in your mind, make him flee. Resist him. Submit yourself unto God. Verse 8 says, draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Listen, there is a way to keep the wicked one out of your thought life. In Philippians chapter 4, I didn't know I was going here, but he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he said, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things. How can we think about God all the time? You must be in the Word of God daily. Listen, a true born-again child of God, they will want to read the Word of God. Listen, I know it's hard. I know that your flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. I know that it's hard to make yourself read every day. I know that it's hard to get in the Word of God, but I promise that if you'll force yourself to open the Word of God, and if you'll just read three verses out of it, then the Holy Spirit of God will make you feel so much better, and you'll want to continue reading. If you could just read the first line of your Bible, it don't matter how tired you are. It don't matter if you don't feel like reading. It don't matter if you don't want to read. If you'll read one line out of the Word of God, I believe a true born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit of God will speak to that part and He will enable that person to read the Word of God. Listen, when I open my Bible, there's a lot of days that I don't feel like it. There's a lot of days that my flesh just don't want to. There's a lot of days that I just wish that I could just take a day off from reading the Word. But listen... When I open the Word of God and I start reading, there's just something happens to me. I don't want to stop reading it. 
Why? Because it's food for your soul. And listen, when the devil comes and he knocks and he tempts and, and he, he bothers you and he, he uh, makes you get weary, listen, the Word of God can give you the strength to submit yourself, therefore, unto God and resist the devil. Listen, a true born-again child of God, they know where our strength comes from. I believe it's Psalm 61. It said, when I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock which is higher than I. Listen, that's where our help come from. That's where our strength come from. David Wilkerson said this, Sin is most desperate in a sinner when he is hearing the call of God. Sin will resort to any kind of deception to keep from losing control of the victim. Sin becomes subtle when the gospel is near. It doesn't suggest run or mock. Rather, it chooses to suggest wait. All sins must be renounced and confessed, or God cannot help you part with them. When He saves us, when we are born again, we must renounce all works of sin. We have to. We have to renounce them so that we don't walk uh, in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. We must confess our sins that God may sanctify us through the Holy Spirit by the Word of God. For John 17, 17 says, Thy Word is truth. Sanctify them with thy truth. I fear that many folks have gotten so used to the accounts of the Bible, even the gospel message, that they have hardened their hearts, changing God into the God of their belly. Meaning they have imagined a God that fits their lifestyle and in their minds believe that everyone will go to heaven or that neither he, uh, uh, neither hell nor heaven are real. That's, that's a thought process of a lot of people today, even church people. Oh, well, heaven, it, it's just a myth. Hell, it, that, that's just a, a, a scary story. That, that ain't real. Heaven, and a lot of people, they'll believe in heaven, but they won't believe in hell. Listen, as real as heaven is, Hell is surely also real. Why? Because the Bible plainly gives us two ways of living. And it all started in the garden with Adam and Eve. You have the obedient lifestyle and you have the lifestyle of disobedience. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 said that we were all children of disobedience. But now, by God's grace... We could be the children of obedience through His Son, Jesus Christ. They have stopped believing in the reality of two eternities. I'm here to tell you by the authority of Jesus Christ and the Word of God that hell is waiting for all those who reject Christ, pardon and are found guilty. Listen, friend, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're already found guilty. You're already weighed in the balance and found wanting. But thanks be unto God that the Lord Jesus Christ, He made a way for you, for you to be forgiven, for you to be found innocent by the precious blood that He shed on the cross. Romans chapter 1 uh, uh, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven uh, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness uh, of, of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Listen. 
God once winked at ignorance, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. If you're living in sin, if you think that going to church on Sunday morning is enough, friend, you'll be found without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Man, we have a lot of people like that today. Their way is the best way. They know it all. They know exactly what you should do, and they'll tell you that that's what you should do. They profess themselves to be wise, but one day they will become fools because the foolishness of God is wiser than man. Romans chapter 1, verse 29 through 32 says, Being filled with all the unrighteousness and fornication and wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Hello. Welcome to 2020. When I was growing up, if I disobeyed my parents, I'd get a good old-fashioned whooping. Not a spanking, a whooping. My daddy had like, listen, one day, I didn't really know what was going on, but one day my daddy, he told my two older brothers, I got a a brother that's 10 years older than me and a a 7-year-older brother, and he told both of them, he said, go get in the bedroom. He said, single file line, stand behind each other. He said, I'll be in there in a few moments. I didn't know what was going on. I just wanted in on, on the action. I said, Daddy, I said, uh, what's going on? He said, go get, get back there behind them and I'll show you. So, single file line. All three of us. Whoopings. I thought, man, I'll never ask that question again. <laughs> but I turned out all right, didn't I? Well, that's debatable, but it didn't hurt me. It hurt my feelings, hurt my pride, but it didn't hurt me. It didn't turn me into, which, sin. Listen, everybody wants to blame parents for how their children turn out. It ain't because of the parents. Well, sometimes it is. But bottom line is it's because of sin. If your child or daughter turns out to be a drug addict or an alcoholic or a murderer uh, that, that goes to prison for life. Listen, it ain't the parents' fault. It's the sin's fault. It's Satan's fault. Now, I know some parents are wicked, and, and listen, they are vile, and, and parents who give their children drugs at a young age and, and force drug addiction upon them, listen, they need to be born again too. But listen, most of the reason why our country is in the way that it is, it's because of sin. It ain't because of... Mamas and daddies whooping their children because of disobedience. It's because of sin. And listen, all this nonsense stuff. Don't whoop your child. Don't discipline your child. Listen, that's a bunch of nonsense. Listen. We must make our children obey. It's not us. It is the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Got off quiet. 
Like I said, don't get mad at me. I'm giving you the word. Don't spare your rod. I ain't telling you to go and beat them and bruise them and, and black their eyes and, and just abuse them. Listen, I ain't telling you to do that. Don't misunderstand me this morning. But a good old-fashioned whooping never hurt anybody. Disobedient to parents. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who know in the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Whoa. That just opened the whole picture. Listen, he was pretty specific on a lot of things. And he said, if you do these things, then you're worthy, to, you're worthy of death. But now he's saying, not only that you do these things, but even the ones who have pleasure in them that do them. Meaning, not just the uh, doctors who commit abortion. I'm preaching this morning. Hello? I ain't talking about just the doctors who commit abortion. I'm talking about those who have pleasure in them doing them. If you support abortion, listen, you fall right under the category. If you support homosexuality, you fall right under the category. I know it's hard preaching. I've wrestled with it all week. I'm feeling pretty good right now, though. Listen, friend, I ain't mad at you. And I promise you this, God ain't mad at you. But God wants you to repent. God wants you to change your life. God wants to change your life for you. He can do it. And if you'll just let him, after I get done with Miss Kim, I'll just take you under the water too. Bless God, you can be raised from death unto the newness of life by the way of Jesus Christ. Friend, if you think this preaching's hard, then you might need to get right with God. Listen, Christians of old... Listen, you couldn't preach hell hard enough, they'd be shouting the house down. You couldn't preach sin hard enough, they'd be saying, Amen, preacher. But listen, nobody wants to hear about sin being preached on anymore. That's the way that our country has fallen so far down. Because men have stopped preaching against sin. They've stopped preaching right from wrong. Listen, I'm here to tell you that there's still a right way and there's still a wrong way. Psalms chapter 1 said there is a wrong way. And that wrong way... Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous and in the last part of verse 6 but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Chuck Smith said but it is important to know that God's work for us is first of all mentioned before our response to God. So opposite to the religions which teach man to do his work in order that God might respond to him. Listen, there ain't nothing you should do before you come to God. You can't clean yourself up. You can't do enough good works. You can't go to church enough times. Listen, just come as you are and let God do the rest. If we are in that works response, I work that God might respond syndrome, we will will never have the full relationship with God that He uh, desires to have. Nor will we ever enjoy the riches that God wants to bestow upon us because our works are always going to be failing and feeble. Philippians chapter 3 verse 18 says, For many walk of whom I have told you often 
And they'll tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Oh, my friend. With heaviness of heart, there is many enemies of the cross in the churches today whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Chuck Smith also said so many times man seeks to reverse that in the preaching, making man the initiator and God the responder. Such is not the case. Such is not the gospel. There is no gospel in that. The gospel is that God initiated. God so loved that He gave. And that man responds, We love Him because He first loved us. Luke chapter 18 verse 9 through 12 says, And He spake this parable unto certain uh, which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Two ways. I'm preaching two ways this morning. There's a counterfeit way and there's an authentic way. Where are you going to fall this morning? Two men went up into the temple to pray. This represents the ungodly and this represents the righteous. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Well, bless God, how many of those are in church today? I'm being honest this morning. God, I thank thee. I'm so glad that I'm not like this sinner. I'm so glad that I ain't a drug addict. I'm so glad that I ain't a, a, a pornography addict. I'm so glad that I ain't a murderer. I'm so glad that I ain't a, a, a one that, that, that got the abortion. I'm glad I ain't the one that, that committed the abortion. I'm glad I ain't this. I'm glad I ain't that. Never putting the attention upon yourself. Listen, friend. The same person who said, I thank God that I ain't like this person, he was still a sinner. The Pharisee was still a sinner and he needed the forgiveness of God just like those extortioners, the unjust and the ungodly. But he did not see his need. Matthew chapter 5 verse 20, Jesus tells us, he says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's a pretty strong statement, ain't it? What's he saying? Just because you know the law, just because you know what to do in the synagogue, just because you know the right way, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Listen, the Pharisees knew the law of Moses better than anybody. But yeah, they were sinners. Je Jesus Christ came to die for them. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Because not even the Pharisees could, could live up to God's law. Dear friend of mine from Tennessee, I heard him preach this morning. Preach similar uh, to what I'm preaching to you this morning, uh, preacher Clint Shrum. He said, "Old creatures must die, must drown when they are buried with Christ." So many people get wet by baptism, but have made false professions. Empty altars produce dry pools. Empty altars produce dry pools. Well, now that I've told you about the way of the sinner. May I tell you the way of the blessed. Now that I've preached to you the hard stuff, can I now... Uh, let me back up. I started to title my, my main points, Fake News and Good News. But I didn't because 
there might be some people that get offended by fake news. But friend, I just gave you the fake news that uh, you cannot uh, profess to be a child of God if you don't know Jesus Christ. Just because you dress it, just because you carry a Bible under your arm, just because you teach Sunday school, just because you uh, sing in the choir, just because the preacher preaches, does not make you born again. Friend, the devil has spread fake news in the church for over 2,000 years. Saying, oh, well, you're just fine. You, you'll, you'll be alright. You're a good person. You ain't like the unjust. You ain't like the ungodly. You ain't this. You ain't that. You're alright. Just keep going. You'll be fine. But all the while, leading you around like a, like a bulldog on a leash. You ever seen those animals with rings in their nose? It represents that they're a slave to their master. It, well, in older times, that's what it represented. Because the masters, they would pull them around. And that's exactly what Satan's done to many church people. Put a ring in their nose, made God their belly, and he's leading them around like, leading them around like a blind dog. Making themselves think they're okay, hoping they're okay, wishing that they're okay. But when they stand before an almighty God, they'll be found guilty. This morning, the way of the blessed. Psalms chapter 1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know what that means? It means constant. He will be constantly in the faith. He will be grounded in the word of God. He will be grounded in Christ. He will be grounded in love. He won't be tossed to and fro. He won't be like the chaff which blows, blows away. He'll be constant. He'll be faithful. That bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I ain't telling you that if you get right with God that everything's going to be a bed of roses and a cakewalk. I ain't telling you that. But friend, it'll be a lot easier. Going through the hard times, going through the loss of a loved one, going through bankruptcy, going... And listen, you know what? Let me back up to, to the way of a sinner. Because this goes right along with the blessed way. Friend, if you were the one... I, I, I don't know why, but I feel the Lord leading me to say this. If you were the one who had an abortion. God still loves you. And God wants to forgive you. And God wants to show you His grace and His mercy on your behalf. He ain't mad at you. Because He knows it was the sin that led somebody to do it. It was the blindness of Satan himself. Listen, if you are in the medical field, and you have performed an abortion, or if you've worked at an abortion clinic, listen, friend, God ain't mad at you. God still loves you, and He died for you, and He wants to forgive you of all of your sin. He wants to find, uh, and He wants to give you grace. He wants to show you mercy. He wants to put love where hate was. He wants to bring happiness and joy where shame and guilt once were. I don't know why the Lord led me to say that, but listen, friend, so many people, so many women who have abortions think, well, God can never forgive them. But friend, God wants to forgive you. God wants to love on you. God wants to show His love to you. He wants to show His grace to you. He wants to welcome you home. Because wouldn't it be wonderful for the mama who committed abortion 
And I do believe that it's murder. For the mama who committed abortion, if she'll accept Jesus Christ, if she'll be born again, when she gets to heaven, she'll meet that unborn baby. Amen. 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 I believe that with all my heart. Psalms chapter 1, Charles Ryrie said negatively, uh, the righteous man does not believe like, behave like, or belong to the realm of a wicked man. When you get born again, you ought not act. You, not, you, you ought not believe like, behave like, or belong to the realm of wicked men. I won't get into politics. Y'all probably already know where I'm going, so I'm just leaving it alone. Positively, the Word of God is His hallmark of faith and practice. Therefore, He is spiritually healthy and fruitful. He is blessed. The Hebrew word in the plural means, Oh, how very happy. Listen, friend. You tired of all that guilt and shame that you're carrying around? You tired of all, all the uh, 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 worry? All the fear? Friend, just come and accept Jesus Christ and His pardon. And you too can stand and say, I, I believe Miss Kim can stand and say, Oh, how very happy. Oh, how very happy. Sunday school teacher for 20 years. And yes, last Sunday morning, she said, Ben, I need to know Jesus. I need to know Jesus. Listen, friend. That, that could be you too. Been going to this church for 50 years, but you don't know Jesus. Listen, friend, I ain't here to try to get you to, free, to Bluebell Free Old Baptist Church. I'm here to try to get you to Jesus. When I go visiting on Thursday nights, I told Brother Mel, and I already said this, but the Lord convicted me last Thursday because I, I, I kept asking people, well, are you a Christian? And... and, and that would spark a, a short and brief conversation. But it wouldn't open the door for the gospel. So now I, I'm not going to ask them if they're a Christian. Because everybody in America that you talk to, they're a Christian. I'm going to start asking, do you know who Jesus is? Not know of Him. Listen, you can't simply just know about Jesus and go to heaven. You must know Jesus on a personal level. You must know Him inside of your heart and know that He is the Savior of your soul and the Lord of your life. It's not enough to know the Word of God. It's not enough to quote Scripture. It's not enough to know about what God can do for you. You must experience what God can do for you. It's not enough to know just about Jesus. You must know Him on a personal and intimate level. Matthew chapter 7. No, uh, let me back up. We find in Psalms chapter 1, in verse 1, the writer tells us that we are to walk, we are to stand, and we are to sit. Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Well, friend, Paul the apostle wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, 
Well, all, five, all six chapters of the book of Ephesians, he teaches us how the blessed man, how the child of God, how the true Christian is to sit, walk, and stand. In chapter 1 of Ephesians 1, he said that he will sit us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In chapter 4, he says that we are to walk in the spirit of unity, that we uh, uh, have the bond of peace. And in chapter 6, he says... When you've done all that you can do, stand therefore. Well, how are we to stand? Stand with the whole armor of God, with the helmet of salvation, with the breastplate of righteousness, with your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, with the sword, which is the word of God. Have your loins girt about with truth. That's how we are to stand. That's how the writer of Psalms is teaching us you see how the Psalms, chapter 1, correlates with the entire Bible? He gives us how we are to walk, stand, and sit. As examples of how we are to live once in Christ. And Apostle Paul details this lifestyle for us in the book of Ephesians. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter to, in, into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I believe I asked this uh, Wednesday night. What is the will of God? What is the will of the Father? That all come to know Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin. That is the will of God. You cannot go to heaven by saying, Lord, Lord. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, that is who will go. Luke chapter 18, we're back to the Pharisee and the publican. Verse 13 through 14 says, And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful unto me a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The, pub, the, the Pharisee who said, God, I thank thee that I'm not like these other sinners. He wasn't justified. He's too proud, too prideful. Therefore, salvation wouldn't come to him. The Bible says in James uh, 4 and 6 said that God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Just as there is a hell waiting for the ungodly, there is a host in heaven hoping and pleading for you to accept the sin offering that Jesus offered of Himself and be born again and made new in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that uh, there is more rejoicing in heaven over that one sinner that repents than the 99 just persons. He said that there is more rejoicing in the house when, when that woman finds the lost coin. Listen, I know Brother Mike preached a lot of this last week. But there's somebody here today that needs to know that Jesus Christ loves you and He wants to forgive your sin. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. He wants to change your life. And He wants you to be born again. I've got several more verses, but I ain't going to get to all of them. But I'm going to say, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Wherefore is by one man centered into the world, and death by sin... And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Verse 21 
of Romans 5 says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Psalms 112 and verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7. It says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Friend, in closing today, on the cross, Jesus cried and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that's true. The sinner is blind to their own sin because they walk in darkness and do not know the truth. The, blind, uh, the blood that Jesus shed was to cleanse, forgive, forget, and redeem a fallen man and to reconcile us back to God the Father that we might be the sons and daughters again and have eternal redemption from the curse of unrighteousness, disobedience, which are results of the nature of sin. Chuck Smith, uh, Chuck Smith said this, Live like a child of God. Don't live like the devil. You did that long enough. Now start living like a child of God, which you are through Jesus Christ. Respond to it. Respond to it. I've set before you, back to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, uh, Chapter uh, 30, verse 19. Miss Sue, if you will, come play. This is the altar call right here. It ain't my words that's given the altar call. It's the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the Word of God has to say. He's bidding you come. Please come. Please accept my forgiveness. Please accept my my sin debt. Uh, Please accept my sin payment for your debt. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Don't you want that, friend? Don't you want to choose life? Don't you want to walk in the blessing? Don't you want to see your house saved? Don't you want to be saved? Don't you want to know Jesus on a personal level and what He can do for you?